Aalto University Podcast. I have this campaign for myself. So I'm trying to have at least one small change to my working style every month. It doesn't have to be anything big and it can't be anything big because it needs to be something that I can easily change and try. Welcome to this podcast series, The Best Thing Today, hosted by the Alta Study Psychologists. This is the second part of a two-part podcast on remote work in academia. In the first part, we talked about why remote work is so exhausting. In the second part, we'll continue with thinking about how to manage remote work and give some low-hanging fruits for you to try in your research group and in your daily work. Your host is me, Maria Tönrus, uh, and I'm the psychologist for doctoral students here at ALT. With me, I have Maya Taka, who is a postdoc and project manager in doctoral education project Mayakka in the Water and Development Research Group at ALT. The best thing today, the podcast by ALT University psychologists. Now we get to the point where we could think a little bit about the solutions. What could we do? What could our listeners do uh, to improve their situation if they are struggling with remote work? So based on our experience, uh, we've made a list of the things that uh, we think that could help improve. And um, the key advices are that First of all, it would be good if there would be no additional screen time. So there comes the challenge of how to be together, uh, but not through yet another Teams or Zoom meeting. So genuine meetings. As the spring progresses, I think that walking meetings, meetings outside might help with this so that we can see people live. Um, But... Let's hope that that uh, this will also be temporary, that we then can go back to seeing people live at work uh, after the summer. We've tried these walking meetings in our group and they are actually quite fruitful for getting help to your research because when you have a walk, you can't show a PowerPoint at the same time. And we are actually always presenting our thoughts and ideas and results and and everything with a PowerPoint. So just like talking and saying what you have and what you see and, and what is your vision is really fresh nowadays. So there's actually something good with the work meetings as well. Yeah, and it sounds like a really good um, tip to improve elevator pitch like how to talk about your research without having the visual aids. That's that's a really good point. And what also needs to be done to the meeting standards, um, or we need to have new meeting standards, that, that's, that's the issue. So 45 minutes instead of 60 minutes, so that there is a 15-minute break where people can stand up and get a glass of water or go outside or something like that. And then, as I said before, it would be good to have a standard of having separate chit-chat meetings and actual business meetings. That sounds wrong, business meeting (laughs) in in a university, but 
but you know what I mean. Both both of these are important. We need the chit chat. We need it uh, to get to tell other others how we feel and hear how others are feeling and see other people's dogs and cats and everything. But we also need uh, to keep strict agenda meetings as agenda meetings. Some of our meetings do also have few midi- minutes in the beginning where what we call valitusvarti, which is a complaining moment where anyone who has anything to complain, which means everyone, they can just like fully express what they feel and what they want to complain about. And that kind of cleans the air and also helps others to see that, okay, there's there's so much going on at the same time. So my my problems are actually not that huge of a deal. So I I encourage people to try these valitusvarti sessions as well. Yeah, and and there there we can see the difference between some some people might not enjoy having these kinds of of, of things in these regular meetings uh, while it works for others. So so it's important to see what kind of uh, atmosphere there is in your research group or in your team, uh, what works for you and and what doesn't. And I really like the valitusvarti idea, and and <laughs> and also the f- the fact that it's voluntary. That it's not like a "how are you feeling today" round where everyone has to say something. But it's just if you have something to complain about, then you can. And then the second um, second advice is that we need new ways to recover. So the old ways might not work anymore. And we need new ways to detach from work because we are living at work. So we are not able to physically or sometimes even psychologically detach from work. Uh, if, for example, our workstation is on the kitchen table and then we just move one meter to the right to eat dinner, but we constantly see the computer and all the articles and and the papers and so on we are constantly reminded of work so we need ways to uh, try and detach and we also need uh, to minimize interruptions during the day Um, take micro more micro breaks or more breaks and move around in order to not uh, have that uh, serious repercussions on our body uh, after this remote working is over I love that Unisports, for example, is nowadays organizing these uh, breakout exercises. I even have a calendar call of them, which encourages me to actually participate. Otherwise, I will probably be sitting on my desk for, I don't know, six hours. Because if I go to a meeting, I don't have to walk to the meeting. I just log in and and I'm right away in the meeting. So just having some break exercises every now and then. But there's, as mentioned, there's great resources and help for that as well. Yeah, for example, there is this app called Break Pro that is available to all Alto. I think, I don't know if you have to be an employee or just have an Alto uh, email to be able to register for it. So Break Pro, you can find it. Um, And there are really short break exercises that I I have been using now. And you can also put that to remind you, like 
uh, every hour uh, send a reminder that now uh, roll your shoulders or something like that. So I think that's a good idea. And then the third advice uh, comes, It I, I mentioned something in the second advice about work hygiene. So we have to start to think about how to protect our home as a home and uh, not as our office. So what could you do? Could you uh, clean clean away the office things at the end of the day from your kitchen table? Could you organize a nook, a corner in some other room so that you're not constantly reminded? Or is, is can you turn your sauna into an office like anything that you can think of that could protect your home as a home and not as an office? And and it has a huge impact if you can even see your screen or a laptop or all those piles of papers on your kitchen table. Even though you're not working, you see see the ghost of all those to-do things on your desk. So having some place where you can actually hide the office. So that will be great. And then the fourth advice on our list is regular check-ins. And this is especially for doctoral students. Uh, or this advice is for supervisors or uh, senior staff. Recognize that the students are uh, struggling. Don't push. Be kind and supportive. And you don't have to be a psychologist. You just have to listen without judgment and then refer them to uh, the study psychologists or me uh, or or to the other resources available at Alto. And there are uh, a lot of resources available. So, so if you're a student, don't he- hesitate to contact me. Uh, and uh, if you're an advisor, don't hesitate to, to suggest to your students to contact me or other well-being uh, resources. I think this is one of the low-hanging fruits on your list because regular check-ins like our group has a meeting every Thursday and as it happens every single Thursday at the same time, it's really easy to just come and it's kind of our routine. It's it's one of the only sessions where we actually get to meet each other uh, and for the supervisors and the, the group leaders, it's really easy way to actually increase the belongingness of the group Uh, getting peer support, so breaking your group into smaller breakout rooms or something, so they can just checking how they're doing. Uh, any kind of a communication tool is like highly respected, but for the supervisors, I kindly encourage them to value if someone actually opens up about how they're doing. So, If, if someone says how they're doing, do value that and help them in getting more advice and help with their situation. It's not easy to express yourself nowadays. Yeah, I think it's a really good idea to have these regular check-ins. And as you mentioned earlier, it's important that, that they are not always instigated by doctoral students, that they are instigated by senior staff also to show that the department and the research group cares and that they are really they are really concerned with the doctoral students and their well-being and their progress and what i um my colleague Sanni Saarimäki who is a study psychologist here at Aalto she had this great idea to offer 
a two-hour slot for for students every Thursday to have two pomodoros with her. And uh, I obviously, I'm going to steal that and start my own session for doctoral students so that I haven't yet decided on the day and when this will start. But basically her idea is that it's 15 minutes in the beginning for um, talking about what what is a good goal and how to set good goals uh, and then there is a, f- a possibility to share what your goal for the pomodoro will be and then for 40 minutes work then a break possibility to share some thoughts and feelings and then another 40 minutes pomodoro and at the end possibility again to to discuss a few minutes and and I think that this is a great idea. We've been using this in our doctoral thesis booster course that we have been having with Sunny. Um, we have had these write it up meetings every second week, uh, and uh, ev- every second week in between those, we have these uh, more uh, theory based lectures uh, and discussions. And this has been. I think the students have really enjoyed this because there have been a a high uh, percentage of attendance. Uh, So so I think that they have been really uh, liking the fact that there is a certain day for, and they know that they get some information, some peer support and discussion, and then a Pomodoro to work on their thesis. We've been trying these same kind of a sessions. We in the beginning we called them online writing, but then we realized that people are not only writing all the time. So now they're called like virtual offices. And we also do goal setting and we share those goals and we try to challenge each other to maybe define a bit more precise goal or aim a bit higher or somehow uh, get more support into the goal setting. We do physical warm-up because we never like roll our shoulders without someone else saying that we need to do that. And then we have a peaceful session in Zoom. Everyone muted, but we can see the faces. So it's as close to the virtual or the actual office we can get nowadays. I was thinking about naming this writing event as Thesis and Tomatoes. I don't know what you think about that (laughs) name. That sounds perfect. Good, but stay tuned for more information about that. The Best Thing Today, a podcast by Aalto University psychologists. Today, Maria Tönroos and her special guest, Maja Taka. And then we come to the fifth uh, point on our advice list. So that is about talking and sharing negative experiences and normalizing them. Obviously, it's really important also to um, celebrate successes, but also about talking uh, about negative experiences, like you said in the Valitusvarti, for example. But there might be other ideas also how to do this. And even even just having an atmosphere where you can express your like uncertainties or insecurities and failures, it's really valuable to have a community like that. And even like having that as a starting point to identify how we're doing, nevertheless, if we have any solutions for the difficulties, but even just to have an atmosphere where you can express yourself 
and understand how differently colleagues and individuals are reacting to the current situation. That's true. And while I was ha- holding one of my small group uh, discussions and counselings with uh, thesis supervisors, I I told them about how I used to show my master's and bachelor's students when I was a supervisor at the University of Helsinki and at Hank. And I, I used to show them a picture of one of my manuscripts that had come back from uh, my co-authors full of Uh, track changes and it looked horrible and I felt horrible but just showing that I am not uh, as a supervisor I'm not perfect either and I just have to understand that this is part of the process and this helps to improve my manuscript so normalizing feedback obviously we also have to practice how to give feedback constructive feedback but normalizing getting feedback and that getting criticism is is totally normal no text is perfect right away so these kinds of uh, experiences supervisors might also share and you don't know about those until you've gone through the process like i love to see phd students the more advanced students who actually tolerate feedback and criticism so they don't take it personally they understand that it's about their work and usually the feedback and comments are there to actually help them to improve the work and polish it so usually the first version is terrible we call it a laughter version because it's not supposed to be for any criticism it's just the very first idea but understanding the purpose of getting comments and understanding how difficult it is to actually prepare a scientific publication or a paper you don't know it until you've gone through the process laughter version that's a really good name (laughs) (laughs) i like it i've also shared with several doctoral students uh, about my one of my articles that i called the shit article i don't know if i'm allowed to say that word in this podcast but you just did um Because I called, yeah, I just did. I called it that because it got accepted, I think, to the 11th journal. And it was four years. And it was excruciating. But I just kept on going. (laughs) And because all all these publication processes are different and journal processes are different. So you can't compare with anyone else than yourself and and your own uh, experiences, actually, because uh, your colleagues might not be doing exactly the same research as you or publishing in exactly the same uh, pay- journals. So, so you have to um, just refocus when you get a rejection and then try the next journal instead. Uh- Usually people say that if you get a rejection from the journal, congratulations, you're in the majority. So people get loads of rejections all the time. But if you've gone through the process of submitting to 11 different journals and still like, I don't know, possibly enjoying the process, at least learning and creating more resilience, I think you should create a course about just that manuscript and the and the journey with it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, and obviously, 
it's not just about revising the article. It's also about going through the manuscript submission portals, which is horrible. And it takes so long to, to go through them and write the perfect cover letter and answer all the questions in the manuscript uh, submission portal. So it's, it's a lot of work also, like hours of work when you have 11 journals to do that for. So now we come to the last point, uh, the sixth point on our advice list, which resonates with several things that we've said today about belongingness. So we are talking about more inclusion, more team activities, for example, peer mentoring, which I think would be a great idea. Uh, And I'm looking into this and hopefully get to start uh, this also soon, uh, peer mentoring for doctoral students. at, at Aalto. That's a great idea because there's a lot of knowledge and people come from different backgrounds. They Their thesis is a unique journey so everyone sees different things and learns and experiences different things. So having peer support or even just more communication about how other people see things, how they feel, what they find out. There's loads of knowledge, but it needs to be harvested. So having these kind of a peer sessions is a great idea. And again, quite low hanging fruit to actually organize. So about these uh, inclusive team activities, we've also tried them a lot. Uh, There's people, as mentioned, who value these current times of working in isolation, working at home seeing people less and they they value that but there's the other group who needs the people around them and they need to have activities together the past winter was quite challenging because it was super cold so outdoor meetings they didn't happen that easily the phone ran out of battery or my fingers were frozen after two minutes and it was just too cold I'm really happy to have the spring here And also taking into account the restrictions. So there's a lot of restrictions and this atmosphere of what is allowed and what is not. So taking into account those has also at times been challenging. Lowering the barrier to ask for help or just to ask for a colleague to go for a walk or soon we can have lunch in the park. Just lowering the bar for communicating and uh, asking for for companies is really important nowadays. Yeah, and I think you had a lot of good low-hanging fruits that you expressed during this, uh, during our our discussion. For example, one thing that you talked about was the breakout rooms where you get to talk with a small group of people uh, because often if we have this kind of Teams coffee, uh, we are all, we might be 20 people there and then there are three people who are talking because no one else gets the chance. And all of this kind of uh, spontaneous one-on-one sessions go away because if we're in a room with 20 people, we might turn to the person next to us and start talking with them. But this is not possible in teams unless we make these specific breakout rooms for them. So I think that's a good idea also. And I think that's a tool how to get as as close to the old school coffee breaks as possible. Like if we had uh, 20 colleagues in a coffee room back in the days, there were these kuppikunnat or we, we kind of formed smaller groups. One of the groups showing dog pictures and other group 
talking about something in the news and so forth, and that doesn't happen in Zoom. But if we have these breakout rooms or a possibility to have maybe a bit more intimate, smaller group to have a chat, that already helps a lot. The best thing today, Maria Tönroos and her special guest, Maya Taka. As a final thing on my side is that, as mentioned, I'm still trying to learn how to work during these exceptional times. So I have this campaign for myself. So I'm trying to have at least one more, one small change to my working style every month. It doesn't have to be anything big and it can't be anything big because it needs to be something that I can easily change and try. And after a month, I can then do some small reflection or thinking backwards that how did it actually go? Did I enjoy something in a different way, like start working 30 minutes earlier or having a walk on my lunch break or having a different kind of an afternoon snack or or whatever, setting myself busy in teams. That helps a lot. So just something really small, then I I hope that a long time I will create a lot more fruitful setting for me to work even though if I have to still work at home I love those ideas that you had and I think there's a lot for our listeners to try from Rose and myself I'm trying to pay more attention to my ergonomics because my neck has been in pain um, and also my mental ergonomics by uh, trying to change uh, the scenery so that I don't sit all day at my desk but I move around and stare out the window to get a further gaze and to get my mind elsewhere and also uh, I want to start sending these uh, small positive messages to my wonderful colleagues through our team's channel and then I've also adapted uh, because i Well, I call myself Meme Maria, so I've now tried to live up to that name by sending memes in our um, in our team uh, group in, in, in or teams group uh, for the whole team of uh, learning services. So I hope they won't mind that every Monday they will get a new meme and. Uh, Just trying to uh, make sure that my colleagues also know that they are important to me and my well-being. And that's just think about how little input you have to make. Just just draft one message, which is obvious for you, but how big impact it can have on someone else's day. Someone will wake up to a crappy day, but when they open their Teams or email, they they see your message, and it it can be a game changer for that day. That sounds perfect. And I'd like to finish this great talk. Thank you, Maya, for being my guest here in this podcast. It's been great to talk with you. And I'd like to challenge our listeners. So what is it uh, you think that uh, you or your colleagues could do to improve your situation? What is the smallest possible action you could take in order to increase your own well-being or the well-being of someone else? And there's, there are a lot of low-hanging fruits throughout our talk. So if you missed them, then you just have to listen to us again. But um, do you have any final words, Maya? I thank you for having this discussion. It's been really helpful and fruitful. And I encourage everyone to start harvesting those 
low-hanging fruits. Even the smallest thing can have the biggest impact and take care of your colleagues as well. Thank you. About those low-hanging fruits, I would love to learn about uh, from others' experience. So where can I find those replies? So if our audience, if you listener uh, want to share what is the smallest possible action you are going to take to increase your own well-being or the well-being of someone else, then you can post in Instagram uh, in the account of PhD Pathfinder. And if you want to learn more about doctoral student well-being issues, then you can read my blog at www.mariatonrus.fi. And I highly recommend everyone to visit there. It's it's a collection of concrete blog posts with great examples uh, and great tips for how to change your mindset, how to actually make an enjoyable path of your PhD. Thank you, Maya. Thank you to all our listeners. It's been a pleasure to talk about these issues and I also hope that you've enjoyed listening to our discussion. Uh, One thing that our producer wanted me to say is that this has been a really corona-friendly recording. We are not physically together. Maya is at home, I am at home and our producer is in a third unspecified location. See you. Hope to see you soon.